is Express FM. Supported by Southern Co-op. We are passionately Pompey. It is a new era at Fratton Park. There's a new man down there in the dugout. What a goal! What a pass! A wonderful strike! Pure, unadulterated Pompey. When you come from Portsmouth and live in Portsmouth, you grow up wanting to play for Portsmouth. If I can lead the boys to success and lead the team out, that would be a real dream come true. Action and reaction. Such a massive club. I'm so, so happy to be a part of this, this journey and hopefully get this club to the next level and where it wants to be. Giving Pompey fans a voice. That's what makes this football club so special is the fans. I'm not a Portsmouth fan, but I'm an adopted one now. I love this football club. This is the Football Hour. Fans' interest in this division peaked a lot long time ago and it's stagnating. We've got to get out of this division and into the championship. Yet again, there is no Blues game to look ahead to this weekend. Another international break has hit the South Coast. But we still have plenty of great topics and interviews to go through across the show this evening, including a catch-up with Claire Martin from Pompey in the Community, who provides an update on the John Jenkins Stadium build and the help being provided by Utilita. Help our green credentials and sustainability, and we'll give us probably about a 60 70% reduction in our um, utilities over the next few years. And from Claire Martin to Josh Martin, Pompey's new winger has been speaking for the first time as a Portsmouth player about the welcome he's had from his new teammates, even in the weeks prior to putting pen to paper on a contract. So easy to get comfortable and, and feel a part of it straight away. So you know, even not at the time being signed, you know, I felt part of the team, and you know, I feel like I've been able to help the lads in training and, and keep pushing them. We'll also be hearing from Jay Sadler before seven o'clock, head coach of the Pompey Women, who do have a game to look forward to this weekend. Jay has been discussing Sunday's Hampshire Cup meeting with AFC Bournemouth and the team he's expecting to put out against the Cherries. There are a number of senior or a number of first team players that haven't had the game time in recent weeks and I need an opportunity to go and get some minutes in the legs. So we are going to go full strength with our first team players. We'll also have the thoughts of my two studio guests this evening, Mark McGee and Ryan Honey on the show between now and 7 o'clock. And we also want to hear from you tuning in back home. 81400 is the number you need to text this evening. Start your messages with the word express. You can email sport at expressfm.com. Find us on Twitter at expressfm is what to include within your tweets or visit facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live. Well, there's no such thing as an international break for us here on the Football Hour. This is the Football Hour on Express FM. Well, a very good evening and welcome to yet another instalment of the Football Hour here on 93.7 Express FM, driven to you, as always, by Stagecoach Across the South. You can download their app now from the Apple app and Google Play Store. You can prepay for your tickets and view up-to-date timetable information as well so as you've just heard in the introduction there you join myself jake smith alongside mark mcgee and brian honey between now and 7 p.m this evening to talk all things pompey you might be thinking well there's no game this weekend so what are you going to talk about well there's plenty to go through we'll hear from claire martin josh martin and jay sadler as well we'll discuss the international break the january transfer window coming up of course in just over a month's time yet yeah, that's creeping up on us as well and but also go through the latest in terms of injuries for John Messino's side so plenty to catch up on over the course of the next 54 minutes or so so let's uh, waste no further time at all and welcome in tonight's guest first and foremost Mr Mark McGee joins us over the telephone lines this evening Mark good evening to you 
Hi, Jake. Pleasure to be here. Mark, um, no Pompey game this weekend, of course, for the match against Oxford United, which was scheduled for tomorrow afternoon at the Kassam Stadium, fallen victim to yet another international break. It's, uh, I suppose it's about time we get used to these international breaks, isn't it, Mark? Because once we get to the Championship, hopefully next year, um, these are going to become way more frequent. Yeah, exactly, Jake. I'm, I'm loving your confidence there, mate. But um, yeah, and I think I think I think it just goes to show, like you know, with with the international break, we're seeing more of our squad called up as well because the quality in our squad this year is, um, you know, is at a slightly raised level. Um, so yeah, and I think it's come at a good time after just getting the Regan Paul injury news. Um, so yeah, got a good chance for the players to recharge their batteries a little bit. Mm. I'm delighted to say uh, joining myself and Mark on tonight's instalment of the Football Hour for the first time in just over a year, uh, Ryan Honey. Ryan, good evening. Hello, mate. It's good to be back. It's great to have you back. Where have you you've been hibernating, haven't you? I have. I have. <laughs> but uh, what a time to come back, eh? Yeah, what, what a time indeed. And, um, of course, it's been a bit of a while since we last heard from you. Uh, Ryan, last October, uh, the last time you, you appeared on the Football Hour, at such time, actually, Pompey were um, still flying high in League One. At that time, they'd just been defeated away at Ipswich Town the first loss of the new season and you join us back for what has been now 16 games into this new League One season. The Blues still unbeaten, unbeaten actually in 27 league matches stretching back to the last campaign. Um, do you want to get your thoughts on the season so far and that might be quite an easy question considering we haven't had a defeat in the league um, and also how you're, are you enjoying life under John Messino? What do you, what do you think about the new boss? Uh, Jake, I don't think it could have gone much better, really, the appointment of John Mussino. I think there are a few doubts. I think people would be lying if they said that they didn't doubt the decision to bring him in. But even myself, you know, I, I was, I, I raised a few eyebrows. And it's a case of so many players coming in. He, he's built his team mm -hmm. and it's performed exceedingly well. Um, I, I think as fans, we couldn't have dreamed this start. I don't think he could have dreamed this start. He's moved down with his young family, um, settled in mm. and, you know, He's taken us to a new level. Um, we win games consistently. When we go behind, there's no fear of losing, mm -hmm. which is, a, I think, a massive thing. You know, we were tuning down to Reading the other day, um, half an hour gone, and I'm thinking, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not worried. I'm not worried. And, you know, rightly so, because we have the quality in the team to, to pull ourselves back into the game and, and go on and win it. And I think uh, John Moussinho, that's credit to him, that's credit to his staff, and um, that's credit to the team as well. And I'm, I'm very, very happy with it. And it's brought that new energy, hasn't it? Like you mentioned there, Ryan, in, in, into the Pompey fans' hearts and their minds, maybe not entirely throughout the fan base when it comes to, like you say, going 2-0 down away at Reading um, and still having that confidence with this this particular team under John Massinho um, and, of course, John Harley as well will find a way back into the game. And that's something, Ryan, that we, we haven't had the, the, the confidence of being able to say over the last, what, at least a decade mm -hmm. following Pompey up and down the country. When you go a goal behind, particularly away from home, that seems to be it. That's not the case anymore. Um, do you think that maybe this, this Pompey side are playing the best football in League One or do you think they are just the most professional and getting certain jobs done under different scenarios, I think that's the I think that's the way, Jake. I think they they adapt very very well, um, and they find a way, and that that's the most important thing. Is you can find a way to pick up, even just a point. Sometimes you know it, it can come in handy, but free majority of the time this season. And 
we, we've got different dimensions all over the pitch you know if it's not quite working we spread the ball out to Sparks and he'll whip it in if not he'll come inside to Robertson and he's always on the half turn Robertson I'm mean, a very exciting player and I'm, I'm very happy we have him on loan um, we've got, we got options all over the pitch and that's something I think Moussinho has fought about and he's made it happen over the summer summer window, and um, yeah, I think that's where that's where we're where we're succeeding. Yeah, and in terms of the international break, Mark, of course, this is the third uh, that Pompey have had to uh, had to endure this season. Of course, uh, the previous two, one in September, Pompey had been scheduled to play Barnsley away from home. That one had been rearranged pretty quickly and already played Pompey three two winners. Uh, over the Tykes and then Northampton away in October that's rescheduled for a couple of weeks time Saturday the 2nd of December with both respective sides out of the FA Cup and now this trip to Oxford United Mark why can't Pompey be at home during international breaks I know you don't have the answer to that (laughs) (laughs) well yeah I mean like I say like um I think I think we're seeing like you know just an increase in the level of quality now in 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 League One especially you know we're not the only fixture that's been postponed but also it's, it's to our benefit at the end of the day because such such um, is the level that we're playing at we've got some real key players that have been called up now consistently mm. um, I think obviously Regan pulls out injured but I think he would have been called up anyway um, and it is a bit disappointing don't get me wrong because I'm pretty sure most Pompey fans would have gone into the weekend against you know with with if the fixture with Oxford had. Um, you know, have been put on, um, you know, licking their lips because, you know, that that is the fixture that we all want. It's like the heavyweight title fight we both want to see. So, um, yeah, we're going to have to wait a little bit longer. But, you know, um, like I say, it's a chance for the players to recharge their batteries and I think, it's, you know, there's any positive to take. Speaking of recharging batteries, I'm going to allow Ryan and Mark to both recharge their respective batteries as we take a few moments away now to hear from Pompey in the community CEO, Claire Martin. Now, a couple of weeks ago, she was speaking to Ian James and Noni Needs here on Express Breakfast, providing an exciting new update on the John Jenkins Stadium. A lot of people know that we've been uh, building a new developer at the John Jenkins Stadium and we've got a new partner, which is Utilita which have put solar power over the whole roof for us, which will be an absolutely huge support over the next few years. Um, Obviously, help our green credentials and sustainability and will give us probably about a 60-70% reduction in our um, utilities over the next few years. That's what I was going to ask, Claire. What's the impact of having solar power on on that building? Because the running costs moving forward must be reduced. And, you know, green community credentials, as you said. So they're saving you a lot of money. That's amazing. Yeah, and obviously the roof is is a a big building, so we'll have excess at times. Um, So we'll be also able to sell that back to the bid and put that money back into the community. So um, it's it's exciting on all levels. They'll be working with us over the next um, few years, uh, running education activities. We'll have a little environmental hub there. Um, and, you know, we'll be doing a lot of uh, sharing of information and how this helps us and how other people can um, do the same. So how long does it take to put solar panels on that building? Or to explain to me where you are in the building project because I don't know a lot about it so it's a good opportunity to tell other people that aren't necessarily as aware as uh, they would like to be about what you're doing down there. So the building is almost complete externally so the roof is complete, um, most of the windows are in we're working on phase one which is all the changing rooms, the boxing gym um, the dance studio which will be a temporary cafe until we move upstairs so the roof, um, actually, was sort of ready and waiting for the panels. So about three weeks ago, they craned all the panels up. 
We had another company, Harnesses, who put all the safety railing for us. So they partnered with us as well, which has been absolutely brilliant. So the roof now needs no scaffolding or anything. They can go up there. They're safe with the rails that Harnesses put in. And then the solar panels took about three weeks, I think, to put up all in all. Tell me a little bit about the Pompey women, the Pompey amputees as well that you have down there, the, all, the, all the work you do with them. So the Pompey amputees won the league last year. I think that's the first time uh, the Pompey team has made it to Europe. So that, that's a really exciting time for us with that. Um, and obviously with the women, we have girls teams all the way through from under 10s. We've just been lucky enough to secure the football um, associations, the FA Emerging Talent Centre, the UTC for girls. So on a Friday night, we'll have girls from under 8s all the way through to under 12s. That's more of a coaching rather than team, so then that feeds through and any young girls from any grassroots clubs in the region come along to that, um, up their skills, and they go back to their grassroots clubs, and that's the first sort of step on the, the England pathway. Um, and our teams then go through to under 16 when they can come to us, do a full-time education and football programme, a BTEC programme, um, and then some of our girls play in the Pompey women's development teams, and then ultimately we hope a few of them will go on to represent Pompey in the uh, women's team itself. There we go then. Claire Martin from Pompey in the community speaking to Ian and Noni on Express Breakfast recently about the John Jenkins Stadium and the fantastic help that PITC are being provided by Utilita to support both their financial and economical goals in the stadium build, hopefully not too far away, uh, to seeing that officially opened. Um, Right, Ryan Honey and Mark McGee, of course, alongside us this evening. Uh, Mark, we just heard there uh, from Claire Martin in respect to the John Jenkins Stadium. We know, of course, it's named after the, the, the late great John Jenkins himself um, but this would also be a, a great location for the city and the community won't it there's there's talks of potentially the Pompey women being able to use it as a training base or even uh, on, on match days on occasion as well and for academy sides as well for Pompey in the community to have a hub there and two massive football pitches will be will be, will be a fantastic achievement for the city to be able to open up and, and provide those resources. Yeah, yeah, well, and, and it's a lovely tribute to um, to John Jenkins, who, uh, you know, of course, needs no um, introduction. He's a Pompey legend. Um, so, yeah, really nice touch and um, something that, you know, we can now add to the extension of Portsmouth and it will, you know, create a nice legacy for the city and uh, and for him. But, yeah, no, and, and more importantly, it's nice that it's going to not only create that, but it's also going to help grow our football club, you know, like... Uh, Given, given the women uh, an extension of their facilities and just just providing more for the club to use um, and grow is, is only a good thing, really. Yeah. A couple of emails coming in, first of all, from Dave. Thank you very much, Dave, for getting in touch. Says, good evening. As much as I dislike them, I think we have to view these football three weekends as a bit of a relief for the Pompey medical team. Regan Paul's injury has brought home the fragility of Pompey's position at the top of the table, adding to what was already, for this part of any season, a long enough injury list to key players. I can only hope that either Sean Raggett or Riley Towler can step up with some top form of their own to cover Regan's considerable absence. Is it considerable? for us to find a top quality centre-back to bring in during January to help us, either permanently or on loan. If they aren't going straight into the first team and be in front of Raggett and Towler, then surely we may as well call on Hadji Minoga as a fourth-choice centre-back, or better still, use Zach Sponson there if needed. This is such an important period coming up for us, and how we deal with it probably uh, will raise the question of the future of the club, certainly for Sean Raggett, and to a lesser extent, Riley Towler, play at Pompey Dave on the emails and 
Obviously something we've touched upon in greater detail on Monday's show, Ryan, was the injury that has been sustained to Regan Poole uh, under a challenge from Will Grigg in the FA Cup tie um, away at Chesterfield uh, just under a fortnight ago. Frustratingly, um, Will Grigg was offside anyway, so play really shouldn't have been continuing. And Regan Poole suffered that injury nonetheless it unfortunately happens. It's happened to Regan Paul, arguably the best signing of, of, of the summer uh, that many Pompey fans have had their say on. How much of an impact, in your opinion, is this going to have on Pompey? Is this something that they will be able to trudge through or could this have more of a detrimental effect that maybe some people f- fear? Well, I think it depends how you look at it. Jake, you know, if injuries happen all the time and if you put too much of a negative spin on it, you, that's how it's going to be. Um, I mean, I really like Sean Raggett. Um, I know a lot of people don't, but um, I'm one of his biggest fans and I thought he stepped in against Cholton effortlessly. I thought he was immense. Um, yes, he's probably not as good as Regan with the ball at his feet. However, I think he offers you everything. He, he, he He's good in the air. He's He puts his body on the line. He's an out-and-out defender. And I think in January, I wouldn't be surprised if we do go out and sign another a centre-half, but... I'm more than happy with Raggett. I'm more than happy with him. And we're going to get more on the January transfer window and injury concerns for Pompey. When the three of us return for the second part of tonight's show in just a few moments' time. And when we do return, we'll be shifting our focus also onto those representing Portsmouth during this international break, the latest on the injury front, and also the arrival of a new player at PO4. New Blues winger Josh Martin has been speaking about his ambitions. Now he is a registered member of John Messino squad. My hope is to come in and help the team, you know, push on further. Um, obviously, the team is doing really well, so hopefully we can push towards a promotion. And um, I'm looking forward to just putting the shirt on and getting on the pitch. Hopefully, you know, contributing with goals, assists and, and helping the team fight. We'll hear from Pompey's latest signing, as well as more from Mark and Ryan, when the Football Hour returns for part two, right after this short break. This is the Football Hour on Express FM. Go by bus. Go greener with Stagecoach. Next stop, a cleaner, greener future. Did you know that if we all ditch the car and switch to a bus just once a month for a year, we'd save the UK 2 million tonnes of CO2? Switch to bus, because by switching, you can make a big difference. Get on board a Stagecoach bus for a cleaner, greener future. For more information, go to switchtobus.com. This is the Football Hour on Express FM. Welcome back along to the Football Hour here on Express FM. Driven to you as ever by Stagecoach South. Download the app to view up-to-date timetable information and prepay for your journey to head on over to Apple App or Google Play Store. Now you join myself, Jake Smith, alongside Ryan Honey and Mark McGee on this evening's instalment of the show where, unfortunately for Pompey, it is the international break. The third one of the season. John Messino's side had been scheduled to take on Oxford United away from home tomorrow afternoon. Of course, John Bacino's former side. Um, but it is the international break, and that's something we're going to be talking about in a bit more detail. Now, uh, Mark McGee, going to come back to you uh, for this first one. The first player of the, uh, the representatives for Portsmouth during this international break is Joe Morrell, once again linking up with the Wales squad. He wasn't called upon last time, but he has been on this occasion. They've got two Euro qualifying games to come. First of all, away at Armenia tomorrow afternoon, and then on Tuesday night at home to Turkey. Mark, um, just want to talk about Joe Morrell because he's had to come in to replace Marlon Pack and take on the captain's armband. What have you made of him in that role? 
Oh, I think he's been absolutely brilliant, to be honest. Um, he's one of those players that <laughs> can frustrate you at times with his, um, uh, his his record with suspensions and whatnot. But I think this season is the best football I've seen him play. He's been the best player on the pitch and probably one of the first names on the team sheet for me every week. Um, he's been, you know, I, I feel like, I, to be honest, I feel like we haven't missed Pack all that much as I thought we would. I think him and Robertson in midfield would probably lack a bit of height and a little bit of muscle in there, maybe. But other than that, I think, yeah, Morel's been fantastic. I honestly think coming into the season, he's going to be in the running player of the season. I know it's still early doors. There's a long way to go. But the spine of our team, which is, you know, whether you like it or not, Regan Paul, Joe Morel, Marlon Pack and Chloe Bishop, mm. those four players, five players that, make up that core are so key and we're probably seeing the best football out of all of them um, obviously before Regan Paul's injury On the subject of Joe Morrell, Ryan, we all know he's a fantastic player and the acquisition of him um, under Danny Cowley when of course there was rumours of him going to Ipswich, Danny Cowley got him in the final hour of that deadline day um, he's come in with already a lot of pedigree a lot of experience in the Football League and, and, and very highly rated but he's also got a lot of years ahead of him so it's great to have a player of his capabilities irrespective as, as Mark's alluded to there the, the issues in regards to suspension disciplinary but to have that kind of player within this team do you think the experience that Joe Morell is getting on the international stage with these regular call-ups to Rob Page's Wales side is, is massively benefiting his play in League One for Pompey for sure for sure I think he's come on leaps and bounds in terms of you know, stepping up and becoming our captain in in Marlon Pack's absence, I think, you know, he's led by example, and that's all you can ask for. And um, every time he gets the ball, he's on the half turn, and he's looking for progression, and he, he works so well with Alex Robertson in the middle, as uh, as Mark alluded to back then. Um, I, th- I think he is key. He, he is as key a player as we've had in a Pompey team since Brett Pittman. Mm-hmm. Personally, if you're not, if you take out goal scoring. His his engine, his reading of the game. If you take out his discipline, you know he'd be probably up there with player of the season last season as well. Yeah. Um, you know, he probably derailed our MK. Uh, he derailed our promotion charge last season, uh, playoff charge with uh, the the red card at MK Dons, and obviously a little blip against Peterborough this season. However, it looks like he's cut it out, and uh, yeah, like Mark said, he's one of the first names on the team sheet for me as well. Singing the praises of Joe Morrell, Ryan, a question for you from Harry Wrench on the emails tonight, um, asking who you would say is the most valued player at Pompey. Of course, we're sort of speaking up and, and, and hyping up Joe Morrell there, but mm-hmm. in your opinion, who would be that, that most valued player? Uh, for me, Bishop uh, Colby. I think he offers us you know, goals, assists, uh, and his build-up play up top is, is second to none. And for League One level... Um, I think we're going to have to be careful in January because I think championship clubs will be sniffing. Um, I think Bishop um, has, has sort of tripled his price tag and he's definitely one to keep fit because like I think I said to you before, before the show, he gets injured, yeah. who steps up up front? I don't think anyone can really replace him. Um, so for me, Colby. 
Um, in regards to other international representatives there, we mentioned Joe Morrell hasn't played for Wales at the moment uh, during this international break because their next two games, as I mentioned earlier, um, they do not kick off until tomorrow. They play Armenia away from home and then take on Turkey um, at home on Tuesday night in the Euro 2024 qualifying. Uh, elsewhere, Cassini Yengi called up to the Australia squad. He made his senior debut for the Socceroos on Thursday night coming off the bench on the 72nd minute in what turned out to be a 7-0 victory for Australia over Bangladesh in Melbourne. That was their first match of the World Cup 2026 qualifying campaign. Of course, uh, Australia being in the Asian quarter of the qualifying, their campaign kicks off a lot earlier than those in Europe does. Um, so they started off very well with a 7-0 win over Bangladesh in Melbourne. Um Mark, of course we're going to say this because we're Pompey fans, but whilst Cassini Yengi was on the pitch on Thursday night, Australia had a penalty. Um, it was missed, and you just can't help but feel that, why not give it to Cassini Yengi? <laughs> He's a young lad coming off a bench for a senior debut. Let him take the spot kick. No? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I think you know, you'd say certainly against the opposition, I suppose, no disrespect to them, but if you're if you're if you're that far ahead and you know someone's picking up their what was it six hundred thirty eighth cap I think it was for mm-hmm. for Australia um, what the number sorry of of cap players yeah. you know it's a milestone it's a big night his family was there um, yeah it's a bit cheeky isn't it <laughs> but I mean maybe yeah maybe you're right maybe it's the Pompey fan in us being a bit sour <laughs> a little bit um, on the subject of course of Cassini Yengi then Mark making this this call up to the Australian national team for that qualifying game of course it turned out to be a bit of a rout for the Aussies in that one but nonetheless it, it's a fantastic achievement for him isn't it making his senior debut for his country at such a such a tender age as well yeah massive massive and you know it's going to do his confidence and his and his um Mentally, that's going to be an um, unreal feeling, and um, you know, we're actually going to probably benefit from that, to be honest. Um, and I think he has he has been good when he's come on uh, for us. He's he's a presence. Um, you know, I think I looked at the the the, the players that were called up for um, the Aussies, and I, and I think you know if he hits a decent run of form, you know he's got he's got a decent um, chance of staking a claim in there on a permanent basis. There's mm-hmm. nothing to stop him from doing that. Um, I do feel a little bit sorry from having to travel all the way from Pompey to Australia. It's a bit of a reality check, <laughs> isn't it? But um, yeah, <laughs> other than that, um, yeah, I'm really pleased with the lads. If you actually go over to the Australian national team's uh, Twitter page, you'll, you'll see a brief interview with Cassidy Yengi un- undertaken by the Australian uh, media team um, where he just highlights uh, the, the moment he received the call from a gaffer to get that call up and uh, and also referencing the fact that he's gone from rainy Pompey down to sunny old uh, Melbourne for that game. But um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll let you go on that one, Cassini. Um, in sort of stay in line with Australia, Ryan, Alex Robertson... Do you think he was maybe unlucky not to get called up? I mean, taking nothing away from Cassini Yengi, of course, but if Cassini Yengi's getting called up, then surely Alex Robertson's got it. Yeah, I think he can count himself very, very unlucky. I think he was the next plane, and unfortunately for us, I, th- I think that'd be the, the Asia Cup in January, yeah. um, which will obviously rule him out for however long they're, they're in it. Um, so he'll be a, a huge miss should mm-hmm. he get the call up. Um, I think his performances, especially in the last sort of four five six weeks have you know 
exemplified you know his professionalism you know coming from coming from city you know he he has that city instinct he's he's always on the half turn he's progressive he's brave and he's got a bit of skill to show for it as well and arguably for me in january if we could you know line up a, a permanent move for him especially going into you know a, t- a tough run in um, you know, because he'll be a, he'll be a very key player for us if we were to get promoted. I, I like him a lot. Kasidi Yengi becoming the fourth Portsmouth player to represent Australia, alongside John Aliossi, Craig Foster, and Hayden Fox, as well. Alex Robertson, as Ryan mentioned there, could potentially become Pompey's fifth Australian international if, at some point, of course, he gets called up to the Socceroos team this season. Interestingly enough, as uh, as you just heard from Ryan there, there is the fear of both Kasidi Yengi and Alex. Robertson and potentially being called up to the Asia Cup, which takes place in January, Australia, involved in that one. Um, Typically, these international breaks when it comes to the Asian Cup and the African Cup of Nations in particular, sides don't really get the option to have them games called off. I do wonder if Pompey were to sign a third Australian, (laughs) would they have the eligibility to do so? Well... We'll have to see, won't we, Jake? They might just do it for that reason, purely. Yeah, just go and sign someone really good from (laughs) Australia. Um, Australia next play Palestine on Tuesday afternoon. That's a two o'clock kickoff at a neutral venue over in Kuwait. Elsewhere, Sam Follerin was named in the Republic of Ireland's under-18 squad to take on Belgium. They had two friendlies this week. The first one ended in a 2-1 win for Ireland uh, yesterday afternoon. Goals from Nixon Okosan and Tyler Mooney. Um, Sam Follerin was involved. He came on for the final 15 minutes in that 2-1 victory over Belgium, who they play again tomorrow afternoon, yet again in a friendly between the Republic of Ireland under-18s and the Belgium under-18s as well. Um, Of course, England played tonight. They play Malta in the Euro 2024 qualifying campaign. The three Lions have already qualified for next year's tournament over in Germany after they beat Italy 3-1 at Wembley on October the 17th. England atop of a group with 16 points from their six matches played so far. And Gareth Southgate's side have two matches of the campaign remaining. They can finish as low as second, but of course have qualified for Euro 2024. The first of those two games takes place tonight against Malta and we'll get team news from Wembley hopefully between now and 7 o'clock and their final qualifying game of this campaign takes place on Monday night away at North Macedonia. Uh, Italy, interestingly, play North Macedonia in Rome tonight. That's also a 7.45 kickoff. They are three points behind Ukraine in the second and final qualifying spot but do have a game in hand and a better goal difference. So... What the Italians need to do is to win tonight to leapfrog Ukraine on goal difference with a game to go. They'll be level on points if that happens with only a couple of goals separating them on goal difference. The final match, you guessed it, Ukraine versus Italy on Monday night at a neutral venue in Leverkusen in Germany. That will be a shootout to see who will reach Euro 2024. And uh, finally on the international scene, Paddy Lane had been called up to the Northern Ireland senior squad, but unfortunately he's had to withdraw due to a knock on his calf. Replacing him, Pompey's Terry Devlin, stepping into the senior side in place of Paddy Lane. He has actually been named on the bench for tonight's Euro 2024 qualifier against Finland in Helsinki. That game is actually on now, and unfortunately for Northern Ireland, they are 3-0 down with only 14 minutes to play. Terry Devlin, as it stands, an unused substitute over in Helsinki for that one. Um, On the subject of 
Paddy Lane, then Ryan, another phenomenal player so far this campaign for John Messina's side. He's had to withdraw from international duty due to a calf knock, is what we've been told. Mm. This one you absolutely hope, especially with the news to Regan Paul last week, that it is just a precaution and, you know, being sensible and withdrawing so he's fit and available for Blackpool next week. Yeah, you'd like to think so, uh, Jake. You'd like to hope so anyway. I think um, he's alluded to it in one of his interviews. It's probably the best form um, of his Pompey career so far. So it'd be a real shame if he was to sort of uh, pick up an, an injury that would see him ruled out for a few weeks or months. I mean, I'm not fearing the worst there, but, uh, you know, he's, again, one of the first names on the team sheet. There's a lot of those, realistically. Um, the way that we're going, the form that we're in. Um, and again, if he can just add a few more goals and assists to his game, mm. you know, it, again, championship clubs will be sniffing because, you know, he's a, he's a key young player for us. Mm. Well, fingers crossed. Uh, all of the best for Paddy Lane and a speedy recovery from him with that calf knock, which has withdrawn him from the international scene and his representation of Northern Ireland during this international break. And uh, in a few moments' time, we're going to be talking about the January transfer window. Of course, that's not too far away now and how Pompey may need to recruit in the absences of certain injuries. And uh, in fact, this week, John Massino has recruited a player already. Josh Martin, the former Norwich City winger, has been training with the club over the course of the last month or so. He put pen to paper on a short-term deal, keeping him at Fratton Park until mid-January. He's been speaking for the first time as a Blues player to Max Swatton. Josh, you've been here for a while, but how good does it feel to get a deal over the line? Yeah, it feels brilliant. Um, uh, yeah, I've been here for a little while training, um, really integrated with the lads. Um, felt part of the team kind of straight away, really. Um, and now just to get the deal over the line, it feels like home and it feels brilliant. As I said, you've been training here for a while. How did that come around initially? Um, I don't know really. Just um, you know, Portsmouth is a is a, is a club that you know um, it suits me, um, and, and it's a great club. And um, you know, when the opportunity came, you know, I thought I'd you know take it with both hands, come in and, and train. What's it been like since you started training here? Yeah, brilliant. Um, obviously, you know, like I said, the lads are, are brilliant. The coaching staff are brilliant. Um, it was so easy to get comfortable and, and feel a part of it straight away. So, you know, even not at the time being signed, you know, I felt part of the team and, you know, I feel like I've, you know, been able to help the lads in training and, and keep pushing them. Have you been able to form any connections with any of the lads? Did you know them, any of them from sort of your, your previous career? Yeah, yeah, obviously I know a couple of them. I know Abu from Norwich um, and... But straight away, as soon as I come in, you know, the lads I've known, um, it feels like I've known them for a while. And, um, yeah, we all get along really well. What's it been like sort of from the outside looking in at the lads sort of in their, their recent form in the league and stuff as well? I think the lads have been brilliant in the league. Um, I, I, I think, you know, they've always done really well to be unbeaten. So, you know, the way they're playing at the moment, it's, it's such a joy to watch. And obviously, I, I can't wait to be a part of that. And what are your aims now? Now you've signed the deal and, and what do you hope you can contribute? My, my, I, my hope is to come in and help the team you know, push on further. Um, obviously, the team is doing really well, so hopefully we can push towards a promotion and um, you know, do the best we can. Obviously, there's, there's lots for you to be excited about, but out of everything you've just said, what are you most looking forward to? I'm looking forward to just putting the shirt on and getting on the pitch, hopefully you know, contributing with goals, assists and, and helping the team fight. What have your talks with John been like? What do you want from you in your time here? Um, John's very honest, straightforward. You know, he um, you can see what he wants from his players on the pitch. You know, he wants a, a hard-working team, and also a team that will express themselves and, and you know play good football. And I think you know, it's it's easy when a manager knows what he wants and just you know says it straight. In terms of you as a player, what would you say are some of your best positions? Um, definitely out on the wing or 
as like a number 10 kind of role, along the front three, really. And what would you say your best attributes? I don't know, I, I'd say, you know, my dribbling, shooting, link-up play, stuff like that. You've had three League One loans in your career so far. What do you know about this level of football? It's a tough league. I think people underestimate the league. Um, it's a very tough league to play in. Um, I've learned a lot along the way um, about myself, about the league, about teams, and, you know, I've been very fortunate that I've been able to, you know, um, learn so much. Just finally, obviously you've been here for a while, you were there at the weekend watching the, the game against Charlton. How excited are you to pull on the Pompey shirt and oh, play in front of the supporters? Really excited. I think the fans here are unbelievable. Obviously every time I've played at Fratton Park against Portsmouth, it's been such an unbelievable um, atmosphere, so I can't wait to put on the shirt, get out on there and get to winning. I'll ask one more. You said you played at Fratton Park there. What are some of your, your, your memories of the stadium? Yeah, I mean... The fans are just unbelievable. I think you know, it's such a great atmosphere. They're so loud and, and passionate. And I think you know, to play with that you know, behind you, I think it's unbelievable. Yeah, new signing Josh Martin speaking to Max Swatton earlier this week after he put pen to paper on a short-term deal until mid-January. Of course, if he impresses, you expect that to be extended until the end of the season. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, but one person who does know a little bit more uh, about Josh Martin, Ryan Honey, um, what can we expect from this new winger? Well, I think pace, directness, you know, he, he's going to get it as man. And I think that's what's frustrated a few fans so far this season, especially in wide areas. I mean, Kamara's he's brought it up in a few interviews recently. Lane doesn't have the most pace, but he's got a bit to burn. Um, but Josh Martin, obviously, he had his um, his loans from, from Norwich at Barnsley and MK Dons, uh, where he made a brief stint. Um, and obviously, he came on at Fratton Park, if you remember rightly. If I remember rightly, sorry. Um last season he made he made a brief cameo last 20 or so um he's he's going to be someone that, that's going to get people excited I, I, I can't see him getting too much game time and i think that's uh, a given however he's someone that we, we, we when you're chasing the game or you need a bit of pace to burn up front you know last 15 10 uh, 10 15 minutes he's going to be someone to try and you know see the game out and maybe get in behind that's something we don't have um, but no, it'd be a different player as well because he hasn't got that loan insurance that he did whilst he was on loan from Norwich. He's going to be working for a contract and I think we're going to see that. He's, he's going to properly go for it. And, you know, you can't blame the lad, to be fair. You know, he settled in well. The team love him. Um, and I think that, that also speaks volumes. You know, a good side um, welcome people with open arms and they've got good chemistry. And, I, and you know, I think that speaks volumes. Ryan, thank you very much. We're going to hear more from Ryan and Mark uh, in the next part and the final part of tonight's instalment of the Football Hour. A quick note as well, Pompey's trip to Northampton Town on the 2nd of December, of course, that rearranged fixture that had been uh, scheduled for September, now playing on the 2nd of December due to both clubs being out of the FA Cup. That game, in terms of the Blues allocation at six fields, has been sold out. So a magnificent effort from the Pompey fans selling out the away end at Northampton on the 2nd of December. Unfortunately, there will be uh, train strikes for that day, so it might be a bit of a difficult one to get to. But nonetheless, the Pompey fans will be at Northampton in their numbers. Right, in the third and final part of tonight's show, we'll be talking about the Pompey women and their next encounter. They take on AFC Bournemouth away in the Hampshire Cup on Sunday. And after a break, we'll be catching up with head coach Jay Sadler, who despite having league matters as the side's top priority this season, still has the utmost respect for the Hampshire Cup. You understand the importance of this competition. This competition has been vitally, vitally important for the football club over the years, winning it on so many occasions. And to obviously be the team, the group, the head coach to have lost it last year was disappointing, was hard to take. However, it's a new season. It's a new opportunity. And, and we go there full of confidence. 
Join us for the conclusion of the Football Hour next. This is the Football Hour on Express FM. Whether you're out with your mates, catching the latest blockbuster, or just enjoying late-night bus rides, from 7pm every day, you can take advantage of a Night Rider ticket, taking you from A to B and everywhere in between. Simply purchase your Night Rider ticket on the bus or using the Stagecoach app to get unlimited travel anywhere on the whole of the Stagecoach South for just £2.50. The world is your oyster. Visit stagecoachbus.com for timetable and ticket information. This is the Football Hour on Express FM. Good evening, welcome along for the final time tonight to the Football Hour here on Express FM, brought to you by Stagecoach Across the South. Well, Pompey's men may not be in action this weekend, but that can't be the same said for the Portsmouth women. They have a Hampshire Cup tie away at AFC Bournemouth to play on Sunday afternoon. They go into that one off the back of a 9-1 victory away at Fulham in the FA Cup last weekend. They've been drawn away at Ebbsfleet on the 26th of November, so of course just over a week away. The Blues are currently top of their division top of the FA Women's National League Southern Premier Division table on 24 points level with hashtag United but with a far far better goal differential and I've been speaking to the head coach Jay Sadler ahead of Sunday's game first asking if it was safe to assume that he was pleased with last week's performance yeah yeah really pleased really pleased to obviously progress through to the next round Um, there were moments of the game that we were really happy with we were ruthless. There was a period of around 10, maybe 12 minutes in the second half where we we punished their mistakes. Um, and when that front three um, of, of Sophie Quirk, Beth Lumsden and Emma Jones are presented with opportunities, they take them. Um, there was a moment in the second half where the lapse in concentration, giving away a poor set play and, and we've conceded. Um, and that's disappointing because we pride ourselves on clean sheets and we would have liked to have had one on Sunday. However, it's progression into the, the next round of the FA Cup. And um, yeah, we're really happy with that. How important was it for you as a manager to be able to hand an opportunity to Matilda Walker from the development side? She got some minutes towards the end of the game at Motspur Park. It's a great opportunity, great opportunity for not only for Matilda, um, who is a young player that that we rate highly at the football club. She's only 16 years of age, physically well-developed, good on the ball, um, got a real good attitude. But it also shows um, there is a pathway um, through our under-23s. Um, and, and from the, 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 um, the pathway um, at Palmina Community with the younger ages. Um, but it's taken a little bit of time. We've obviously been growing um, as, a, as a first team and sometimes there is a detachment away from away from your youth setup. And this year we focus really, really heavily with Molly on how we can integrate the 23s more so and give them more opportunities, whether it's training and matches. So when a, when an opportunity like Sunday um, provided itself with with a spare place on the bench, we, we thought it was only fitting to, to call up an under-23 and, and the way the game went, it was a great opportunity for her to come out and it was great seeing all of her family and friends in the stands and they were obviously excited for her and and now it's a case for her of how does she get that opportunity again how does she go back and continually work hard but hopefully it will give the other players a bit of motivation knowing that they can also do the same and seven out of those nine goals came from the starting front three in that game sophie quirk beth lumsden and emma jones Granted against an opposition in a lower division, but what does that say about the firepower within your team? Because these big scorelines have happened multiple times in the league as well. 
Yeah, and, and, and listen, Emily Pittman and, and Ella Humphrey, who were on our bench, would have been disappointed not to. Maybe you've got an opportunity in that game. And when Ella Humphrey did come on, she scored a fantastic goal at the end. And Emily Pittman has already got six this season as a fantastic young player. So we can't we can't neglect them. However, the experience, the pedigree and the quality that that, that front three bring, um, you saw it in abundance uh, against Fulham, no matter what opposition they play against. Um, they're always hungry for goals and they've started to combine a little bit more now. Um, they all offer different qualities. Um, we all know Quirky is a, a dribbler, fantastic player in 1v1 situations, 1v2 as well. Um, Beth likes to float a little bit more. She likes to create, play, make um, and, and, and has a, an eye for goal from range. Whereas Emma Jones is the glue. She's the glue that sticks it all together. Um, I think she goes probably under the radar slightly, how she combines and, and very selfless, although she only got a couple of goals um, in the Fulham game. But even pr prior to that, her assist tally this year, I think she's on 12 or 13. So she's been brilliant. And, and I still think there are, there's development and, and growth to be had in around that front three. And um, I still think they can get to, to levels of devastation. Um, but on Sunday, they, they were superb. And for round two, yet another tie drawn away from home, Ebbsfleet United on the 26th. Is this a side you're familiar with? And, and how do you feel about another cup fixture on the road? Yeah, well, I, I joked um, before the, the draw um, with our partners, Wheelers, uh, already booked the coach in advance, told them to mark out that day. We knew we were going to be away from home. And we joke about it now, 10 games on a bounce. The probability of that is 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 mental. Um, however, this group, no matter what adversity we face, we, we take it on the chin. We look at the positive. It's another opportunity for this group to connect, another opportunity for this group to, to face what will be, again, a stern test, Ebbsfleet. Um, we don't know too much about them. I know they've got some real good players with experience. Charlie Clifford used to be at Crystal Palace in Charlton. Um, Dan Colton used to be at Yeovil when they were in the Super League. So they've got experience there. A little bit different to Fulham. Fulham are probably a more athletic, um, more youthful team, um, whereas Ebbsfleet a little bit more direct, I'd say, a little bit more physical, experienced. And on their home patch, they're, they're, they're obviously going to... Um, they're in Paris on the home patch in previous years. So we know it's going to be a competitive game regardless of the levels. And um, yeah, no, we're excited for, for another game against a, a kind of untried opposition and, and hopefully progress to the third round. So up next is AFC Bournemouth on Sunday, this time in the Hampshire Cup. An opportunity perhaps to exact a bit of revenge? After all, it was the Cherries who ended your run in this competition last season, which halted many, many years of dominance. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it was, a, it was a really, really poor performance from, from us. Um, factored into that with just... Uh, a lack of control from officials in that game. It didn't help either team really. And hopefully this time around, because it's it's two good teams coming together and you can't take anything away from Bournemouth last year. But this year they're they're they've grown massively. Um they're on a real upward trajectory winning 12 or 13 games, a, a similar record to us. Um and they've got some fantastic players there. Um a similar to Ebbsfleet on on home turf at Ringwood. They know the pitch, it's a real big pitch, it's a lively pitch. Um, so you're going to have to to factor into that as well. And yeah, we can talk about revenge and 
but we, we just go into every game wanting to win a game of football. But we understand the importance of this competition. This competition has been um, vitally, vitally important for the football club over the years, winning it on so many occasions. And to obviously be the team, the group, the head coach to have lost it last year was was disappointing, was hard to take. Um, however, it's a new season, um, it's a new opportunity and, and we go there full of confidence. Some familiar faces in this Bournemouth side with Pompey Hall of Fame inductee Gemma Hillier alongside Katie James and Shannon Albury too. Can you use your knowledge of these players to your advantage this weekend? Oh, of course we can. Of course we can. We know we know what they're like. Um, Gemma Hillier, um, fantastic person, fantastic player. Uh, low centre of gravity, good in front of goal. She's alive while she'll press you. Um, so it's understanding her profile. Likewise with with um, Molly Clark, another player, um, very very good on the ball, can dictate if given time and space. So um, and likewise Katie James, who again runs from deep, can shoot from range. So we understand the profile in the players, but we also understand is is the psychology of those players. Those players will not want to lose to us. Um, so they're going to get that Bournemouth team even more revved up for the game. Um, but mixed in there, they've also got experience with Helen Blezard, who's who's been at the, the top end of the game, and some young players, um, Abby Jones at fullback, Olivia Vendito, Lucy Cooper up top. They've got a real good blend of youth and experience and, and players that can hurt you in, in any moment. And collectively, they're even stronger now as a group. So we've, we've got to be ready for it. And, and um, we're, we're excited for the challenge ahead. We're excited that this game will pose good opportunities for players to to get out there and, and showcase their ability. Maybe players that haven't had the amount of game time they would like. This could provide a, a welcome opportunity for them. And whilst respect would, of course, be given to each and every competition your side plays in, without a doubt, correct me if I'm wrong, I can't help but feel that promotion in the league and a possible FA Cup run might just be higher on the pecking order this season. With that in mind, does Sunday represent an opportunity for some more development players to feature? Or will this likely be a full-strength effort to ensure the best possible chance of progression to the next round? Yeah, we like you said, we will treat every single competition with respect. Um, thankfully, this year, we haven't had many midweek games. So we're going Sunday to Sunday to Sunday, which allows for recovery um, for players. However, there are a number of senior or a number of first team players that, that haven't had the game time um, in, in recent weeks. And I need an opportunity to, to go and get some minutes in the legs. Um, and also get some confidence and, and show what they're about. So we are going to go full strength with with our first team players. There might be opportunities for a few of our 23s um, in, in coming weeks. Um, and if there are anything that that will prevail from our our, our meetings and, and training today, then then we'll discuss it. But the league is our, our is our priority. Um, I won't shy away from saying that we we want to compete at the top end of that league, and we put ourselves in a in a real good position to do that. So we don't want to jeopardise that. And as you said, the FA Cup not only is it a good opportunity to go on a run and hopefully face some top top teams, but it is very um, lucrative with the finances available too. So we've also got got to put that as a priority as well. But winning the Hampshire Cup um, for Eric. Uh, especially um, and Helen and Bill and the people that have been working tirelessly hard behind the scenes for the last five, six, seven years. Um, they want us to win this Hampshire Cup back. Um, they, they, it's a traditional competition. It's a competition that Portsmouth have reigned supreme. Hampshire's been blue for so many years. Unfortunately, last year it, it turned surprisingly uh, red and red and black. Um, however, we we obviously want it back, and 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 um, this weekend's gonna gonna be a, a good opportunity for that. 
yeah, the, the Hampshire Cup last season turned red and black by a side, not even in Hampshire. Yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? I've, I've, to be fair, I've been doing, I've been doing all my, uh, my obviously ge- geography wasn't my strongest point at school, but I was thinking they're endorsing this lot. But I have been, I have been um, corrected on on why it is they're allowed in the Hampshire Cup and the regions for it, and if anything, it makes the competition stronger. So having a team like 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 Bournemouth probably playing in the Dorset Cup, they probably won't get as much competition. But bringing them into the Hampshire Cup means alongside Moneyfield, Southampton, Southampton's under-21s, haven't Basingstoke. There are so many teams. It's overpopulated. It's it's, it's fantastic. It's a fantastic competition um, and one that, as I said, we, we want to compete in and we want to win. Yeah, big thank you to head coach of the Pompey women there, Jay Sadler, speaking ahead of Sunday's Hampshire Cup tie away at AFC Bournemouth. That's a two o'clock kickoff at Love Lane, home of Ringwood Town FC. Right, team news in from Wembley. England take on Malta in their penultimate Euro 2024 qualifying game. Of course, they are already qualified for next year's tournament. Jordan Pickford starts in goal. We've got Kieran Trippier, Harry Maguire, Fakari Tamori and Mark Gay. Trent Alexander-Arnold, Conor Gallagher, Jordan Henderson and Phil Foden with Marcus Rashford and Harry Kane expecting to lead in attack and there are call-ups and places on the bench for the likes of Esri Konza, Rico Lewis and Cole Palmer as well. 7.45 kickoff, of course at Wembley Stadium for tonight's game. Uh, shout out as well to Anya and Grace for getting in touch on tonight's show. Really appreciate you getting involved and saying hello. So yeah, big shout out to Anya and Grace for tuning in this evening. Uh, Mark and Ryan going to get the final thoughts of them two now. Uh, Mark, we just heard Bettina is there from Wembley. Strong lineup, but Great to be, you know, a fan of the three lines at the moment with two games to spare. They've already qualified for next year's Euros. Yeah, yeah, nice strong lineup, and um, yeah, it's great to see some of the players there getting a chance, especially Trent in midfield. I think he can really hurt them. And uh, in regards to a couple of other players that have been called up to the squad, Esri Konza, Rico Lewis, and Cole Palmer, Ryan, it'd be exciting to see a couple of those uh, featured tonight. Yeah, it would, and um, I think they're they're well within their rights to be in the the England shout. I think for their clubs, they've been excellent. And I'm very glad that Gareth has um, put some trust in them and, and called them up mm. this time around. A score update from Finland, where Finland have beaten Northern Ireland by four goals to nil. Terry Devlin, an unused substitute uh, over in Helsinki. Well, it's been great to have both Ryan Honey and Mark McGee on the Footblower this evening. Mark, thank you very, very much for your contributions this evening, my friend. Yeah, no worries, Jake. Thanks for having me. Mark over the phone lines there. Ryan Honey in the studio across us this evening. Ryan, thank you again. It's been a pleasure as always, and hopefully it won't be until your next appearance. Hopefully not, Jake. Thank you very much for having me on. It's been fantastic, as always, to have both Ryan and Mark on this evening's instalments of the Football Hour. No Blues match this weekend. They're next in action next Saturday. That, of course, is the 25th of November. They take on Blackpool at Fratton Park. And we'll be back with the next instalment of the Football Hour this coming Monday evening from 6 o'clock. We're going to have two more Blues guests on the show to talk all things Pompey, and we're going to, again, recap what's been going on over the course of a weekend in the world of football and the international scene as well. We've also got a couple of exciting interviews to come on Monday's instalment of the Football Hour here on Express FM. So as I just mentioned there, no Pompey Live this weekend, but um, there is plenty to look forward to here on Express FM. School Days with Steve Randall follows us straight after the news at 7 this evening. And then Hip Shaker with Simon Licarinos returns from 9 through until 11 o'clock tonight. The place to be for a groovy blend of retro soul, R&B 
and Beat Music Express Hits takes you through from 11 through to the early hours of Saturday morning, which is when you can catch Ian McGuinness with Saturday Breakfast live and fresh from 8 o'clock tomorrow morning. He's got musical features and a look ahead to what's happening in and around Pompey this weekend. Lily Park returns between 11 and 2, playing great songs with Ports of People. She's got Guilty Pleasures and a Tiny Quiz between 11 and 2 o'clock. And then we've got great songs with Ports of People from 2 through till 6, when Beloka Music Show returns with Josh Robinson. As always, Blues fans, thank you for listening. Have a fantastic weekend, and I'll see you Monday. Good night.